Welcome back, loyal listeners. Welcome, new listeners, to Runkle Recaps, How I Met Your Podcast. We're on season four, episode 23, As Fast As She Can. Second to last episode's the penultimate. penultimate. Do you, I forget, do you like or dislike that word? I think it's interesting. I don't think it's ever used in any context other than recap podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's where I first heard it. It makes it sound more exciting than it is. Right. It's the penultimate episode. So does that make the last one the ultimate? Like, which uh, is, yeah. is pen like the pre like it's, before? It, it's ultimate eve. Right. I yeah. guess. I don't really get the structure of the word, but. <laughs> As you could hear, Jen's with me. Hello. Here I am. And we've got a couple emails to read. A new person has written into us, and we have an exciting uh, a review very to read. Mediocre review to read and discuss. Yeah, I thought it might add to some interesting conversation, so I'm going to go ahead and read it, even though it's not terribly nice. <laughs> it's not mean. It's just you know, down the right down the middle. It's factual about their opinion. Yes. So why don't we start with that? Well, I will say congratulations to Jen. She got a new job, and she started it. Unfortunately for her, she her two weeks of vacation between jobs is up. Alas. But she did get to go to Pittsburgh this weekend, where she got to sit through a long, <laughs> rainy, cold football game where that our starting quarterback was out. <laughs> the starting quarterback was out with COVID, and it ended in a tie. In, in overtime. In overtime. Which is the only way it will end with a tie. But In the cold rain, but it but, was still fun. But yes, I started the new job last week, so getting into the flow of it. And it seems like you like it so far. I do. Which is a higher review than I'm about to read for us. <laughs> okay, this is from... You know, I can't see who... Well... Not Swarly. <laughs> where do you see that? Right here. Oh, yeah. All right, Not Swarly. I wonder if they're just if they did that specifically just to do this review or if if that's their go to yeah model. <laughs> if they're a huge How I Met Your Mother fan. I don't know. Maybe that's why. All right. Well, Anyways. not swar not swarly <laughs> gives us three stars and calls this review okay, not awesome. Which you know, props on that <laughs> title. <laughs> yeah, I actually like this guy or gal. <laughs> Or they, however you want to say it. This human? Yeah. I wonder if we can look up other reviews they've done. I don't know. I'd, I'd be interested <laughs> if they'd just give the other podcasts about How I Met Your Mother glowing reviews and make me feel really horrible about us, but we won't explore that just yet. Not Swirly writes, This is an okay but not awesome podcast. Generic going over the episodes with trivia thrown in. Pros? They state they won't get into politics when going over the episodes. Con, this politic rule only applies to topics they don't agree with. So you see a lot of pushing their political views. Now, that's the end of it. And then dot, dot, dot. So I have to say that's interesting. Your review's just okay. (laughs) Not awesome. That's interesting, and I'm actually appreciative of the three-star, because a lot of times when I see, like, oh, I really disagree with this podcast, or they're constantly talking about political things, it's like a, like a one-star. So, like, at least you still like the content, even if you don't necessarily agree with our views sometimes. Right. And 
Yeah, it's true. We don't really talk about what's going on in the world of politics. We do sometimes address how something ages in the show. I don't think we push our political views because you and I tend to have different political views. <laughs> yeah, fun fact, Steve and I are opposing political parties, so... Uh, well, I'm not even a really a political party anymore, but we are both... We're um, liberal-leaning well, we're, on social we're, views. Yeah, we're both socially liberal. Yeah. You, you, you almost veer towards progressive socially and um, yes. just uh, middle-of-the-road liberal on, on social views. But then we tend to disagree on how to go about governing for the yes. most part. But this is not a politics podcast, and I think maybe the most political I've ever gotten is I think I said don't bring up Mitch McConnell on our podcast. Yeah, <laughs> you actually went a lot deeper than that, and I cut it out. Like There, there have been a few things where you've ranted that I've cut out. Okay. You wouldn't even know anymore that the, you had ever said them. No, but, I don't remember. Um, no, because I have tried to keep it a fairly neutral, like outside of... And what I don't I don't think of as political, but more like social justice or just which societal norm shifting societal norms and views. I could see somebody who has very traditional values thinking anytime we are very in defense of you know sex positivity and um, coming you know, down on the trans jokes. Yeah, anyone who's more of a traditionalist might think that's pushing a political view. So I get it. Perhaps, but I'm also going to say, like, the creators of the show are exceptionally liberal people, so... Yeah, if you ever follow them on Twitter, it is a barrage of liberal bashing. Like, I'm sorry, they're liberals bashing anything that is not in their right. political you know, spectrum. And they're pretty hardcore about it. Absolutely. So, <laughs> comparatively, we are fairly neutral on the podcast, despite our own political leanings. I used to be very political. It's really the last five years or so that have pushed me to be non-political and to not want to state my view anymore and to realize that I really don't know anything anymore. And <laughs> that sort of helped me to be non-political. So, that is way too much discussion about politics for a non-political podcast. If you want politics, go listen to Pod Save America. Unless you're this guy, you probably won't like that. <laughs> yeah, I wonder. I, you know, it, it seems to me that he probably gets annoyed when we point out anything that Barney does that doesn't age well. Right. And so that's the thing. By just labeling it as political, it's unclear what the actual complaint is. But, yeah, not swirly if you want to write in and explain your view more. Like, you know. Well, we can have a discourse about it. Yeah, clearly we're we're not thin skinned on reviews. <laughs> right. so. And clearly you like the podcast at least a little bit. So yeah, I'll take the three stars. And thanks for writing and, and feel free to contribute. Obviously you're a big fan of how I met your mother. Love to have some of your takes on some of the episodes. You seem like you are a creative person. At least in your titling and <laughs> nickname of yourself. If you would like to leave us a review, preferably a five star, please feel free to do so. Yes. Other people that listen to the podcast. Okay, let's go ahead and jump into this. I like this episode. I really do. I did not like it as much as I thought I was going to. And when we were talking about it last time, there was a lot of stuff that I was like, oh, I'm looking forward to that. And it was fine. I liked it a lot better than last week's. I, I thought last week was kind of weak. And, or I'm not sure if we even posted it or recorded it last week, but the last one we did was kind of weak. Which right. is. Yeah, it's been like two weeks since we've recorded, I think. I haven't, I haven't no, we recorded remember. and posted last week. Last but, week? But we missed recording the week before that. Mm. So we, we, we did skip a week. 
Okay. At any rate. I honestly don't even remember what last week's episode was. It was the right place, the right time. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, No, I think I might have liked that one a little bit better. Okay. Yeah, not me. There was... You know, I like the graphs and the charts, as we Yeah, the charts about. and the graphs. That's right. Uh, but I didn't like the implication of how important what happened at the end sure. was. And uh, I, I thought there was a bunch of weaknesses to it. At any rate. Yeah, for this one, for me, like, the murder house stuff wasn't as funny as I remembered it being. And then everything else was kind of, yeah, the Barney speeding ticket thing didn't really do anything for me. Yeah, I, I think I remember liking the Barney speeding ticket thing more in the past. I still liked the murder house thing a lot. So I was actually pretty happy with that. We start off where we left off last week, which was Ted running into Stella on the street. Narrator reminds the kids who she was. And running into her seven months later after she left him at the altar, there's only one way to deal with her, and it was in a cheery manner. Great to see you. And then Tony pops into frame. Tony, what a nice surprise. Right, so we get a lot of cuts this episode between things that are happening and responses. So we immediately cut to the bar, and Robin is just aghast that this is how he played this. What a nice surprise. No, nice surprise would be if a safe fell from 40 stories and smushed them both. I think she's been watching too many cartoons. <laughs> Ted said they had a nice friendly chat. Robin thinks he blew it, but Marshall and Barney are applauding him. Yeah, they literally stand and applaud. They, yeah, they he think played he played it, it right. cool. Yeah. Marshall probably puts it best when he says, on a scale ranging from, and then they cut to a hypothetical of Ted crying, saying, and I kept this sweater of yours, and sometimes <laughs> I just sit in the bathtub for hours just, you know, just sniffing it. <laughs> and then cuts to the next hypothetical all the way to Ted's there with a um, Stella Look doppelganger like saying, this is my new fiance. She's basically Stella, except she's French. And as you can see, she's got enormous cans. <laughs> And the look on Stella's face in this, I love it. And then the look on, even better, the look on Tony's face as he says, Ashante back. He is just delighted with this other Stella. Right. So on that scale, Marshall says that he nailed it. (laughs) And then Barney thinks that he's actually going to have Stella thinking about wanting him back after that performance. Barney delivers a line that I think will be my worst, saying, did you just feel that? I think we just had a what up quake. Yes, I also have that as my worst, but you skipped over it because, you know, give it a week and you'll get her back and, and her front, front which yeah, is what gonna... leads into why he thinks that was a what-up quake. Right. Ted doesn't want her back. Or her front. Or her front. He's moving on. And so, yeah, he's, he's happy with how he handled it. And then, you know, at home starts to daydream a little bit about what could possibly have happened. This is kind of a throwaway fantasy because it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't lead into anything else, but he's thinking about... Right. The only thing it does is set up the... What actually happened. Like, who ends up at the door. Right. So he has a fantasy that Stella shows up at his door, says she makes a... Says she made a terrible mistake. (laughs) And says, I know, I'm a better person than you are. (laughs) He says, you totally are. Let's get back together and have way more sex. Deal. And then they make out. But then the door... There's a knock at the door, and this time it is Tony, and he's in his karate gi. <laughs> he just or, wears it around the city, or, apparently. Or kung fu pajamas, as Ted later refers to it. <laughs> Tony just comes in and <laughs> plops on his couch, laying down. And, and he goes on a bit of a monologue. 
Yeah, he he knew it was wrong to steal somebody's fiance. He's been up at nights, not for the good reason. Well, sometimes for the good reason. I mean, him and Stella hadn't seen each other in five years, so as you can imagine, then he goes into some detail. So I have some questions about this, and I feel like we may have talked about it before. But like, did he just he didn't see his kid for five years? I think he saw the kid. I think just... they had an intermediary taking the kid okay, back and forth. Like, yeah, maybe they just didn't have any. I, I don't know. I don't know how you would co-parent such a small child without having any interaction. But Yeah, it was his weekend with Lucy that was the wedding and right. he wasn't going to bring her, which gave you the impression that they, he had visitation. Right. Where she'd come stay with him for, you know, a week yeah, or a I guess, weekend. Okay, maybe they could have talked and just not actually seen each other face to face. Seems strange, but I guess it's possible. I th- yeah, I think this is slightly bad writing. I, I, I believe that they... Right. They just skipped over. Did this for expediency. And I think they do it a little bit later, too, where Stella says, like, oh, I got pregnant at 19, but then, like, I don't know, how old is she supposed to be? And she's already, like, graduated, you know, she graduated med school, has this dermatology practice already set up, like, as a single parent. Like, yeah, it's possible, but. He goes on about how rambunctious the sex has been. There's a bald patch forming on the back of his head that he wants to show Ted. And he said that they were going to move to L.A. He was going to become a screenwriter, but then they bumped into Ted. And Ted looks so sad, and Ted disagrees. Yeah. Ted um, advises it's actually a jovial nonchalance. <laughs> Tony's, you looked awful, okay? <laughs> a Ted. little dachshund puppy with a bad back that's got to pull itself around on a cart. <laughs> like, I, really, I really get the visual there. <laughs> Ted wants to know what he's doing there. Tony wants to make good. Ted's trying to point out, well, you don't have to worry about me. I've been dating a lot. Tony did hear he got fired, but Ted informs him that he's transitioned to a small business ownership the backbone it's, of the economy. And Tony has a great delivery. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Just so matter-of-factly. Right. Tony reveals that, you know, his family's got a lot of money. He wants to use the money to help make things right. And so then we get another cut back to the bar. With to McLaren. And there's a lot of back and forth about, did Tony write him a big, fat check? And there's a whole bunch of fat jokes to support the big fat check theme. Like, what's the logic of this? Like, sorry, I stole your fiance. Here's money. Yeah, I'm gonna pay you off. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. People don't really do that. Right. It was just an excuse for them to do a roundtable on some fat jokes. Yeah, seems like it. I'm gonna go through the fat jokes. They're pretty old and standard. Yeah. But he Ted says he didn't write me a check. He's trying to offer Ted a job. Um, every year, Tony's family gives a lot of money to Columbia University. So he's offering to have Ted design, and then Ted gets really excited. It could be a library, could it be a new student center? And your very own curriculum as a professor of architecture. And Ted's not interested. Really weird way of <laughs> offering that job. And just because your family gives money to Columbia, you get to decide who gets hired to teach? I guess if he's got credentials, <laughs> it might not be that difficult. I, mean, I can see, like, okay, you could refer him. That doesn't mean he's going to get hired. Well, maybe they got a lot of pull. I don't know. Maybe they sit on the board. Maybe. Marshall thinks this is actually a pretty good idea. He's a great, he'd make a great professor. He says something about he, he can, when he wants to, he can grow a very handsome neck beard. That's a prerequisite for being a professor. <laughs> I can't remember where I saw it, but you know, guys usually go out of their way to kind of keep the neck clean, even when they have a beard. Beard, like I do. I, you know, I know, kinda, I'm, I'm checking it out right yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Shave it. I'm about. I let it go about a half an inch below where you know the neck starts. And I once saw a guy that had a fully shaved face, but just the neck. Ew! No. Like, why? 
It's hard to look at. Oh my god, that sounds really, really awkward and uncomfortable to look at. Ted doesn't want to be a professor. He thinks, you know, when you want, when you go to teach something, it's because you can't do it professionally anymore. Barney jumps in with a new topic. He just got a $200 speeding ticket. Marshall wants to know why he couldn't talk his way out of it. And Barney, Barney didn't seems know to think that they, this was a thing. <laughs> Which, considering the way Barney conducts himself in life, you would think that would have been a given that he would have tried that. So, I really like this flashback here with yes. Marshall and the cop. And this yeah. is one of the things that I think makes this episode really good. Yeah, I do like this one. Between Tony and the flash, the flashback of Marshall and Robin getting pulled over, th- these are some of the things that feed into why I like this episode so much. The cop approaches Marshall after having pulled him over. First of all, I will say that all these flashback scenes with the cops and being on the highway are really fake looking. The, bl- <laughs> the green screen behind them is right. horrible. But we will forgive them. This was just the, you know, mid-2000s. <laughs> so the cop wants to know, hey, where's the fire? In a traditional cop fashion. And Marshall starts to talk about there's no fire. And but then actually, he like there kinda, is a fire. Yeah, he kind of like does a quick glance at the cop and then tries a tactic. Yeah, he suggests that he's going to a barbecue and there's going to be brats. Burgers, ribs, and brats. Yeah, but brats is really the important part. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the... The clincher. Uh, the police officer is continuing to lecture him, and then he pauses and says, did you say brats? So Marshall talks about the brats, basically offers the, the police officer to come with him. And, and I don't gotta, remember. Like, I feel like this was something that got cut out of the syndicated version, where he says, like, I could have swore it had some writing on it. Property of Minnesota State Trooper Jorgensen. Like, I, I don't remember any of that. Oh. I just remember the, like, jump to... Like, I do remember you a brat man. Yeah, that's what I, I remember that, like, jumping you right to brat that. man. I like brats. I, there was this restaurant that I liked near my college when I was in college, and they had interesting names for all the meals, and they had something called Pete the Pup, which was a bratwurst with uh, sauerkraut and some spicy mustard and... I would always get it whenever I went there, and my friend who was the waitress there who would always wait on us, she's like, you are the only person that ever orders this. Oh, how funny. I couldn't believe it. That's weird, because that's not like a weird set of things to put on a brat. (laughs) Well, I guess there were no Swedes or Jews down where I went to school, so. And that's the only two groups that like Yeah, they really like brats. (laughs) (laughs) I like parties. Well, duh, I would have done that too if I'd been going to a barbecue. Damn, I was. <laughs> yeah, that is Hard to imagine Barney going to a barbecue. That's true. There was probably some sort of shenanigan involved. Marshall explains how he sized this cop up. He was out of breath just from walking to his car. He had mustard on his holster. <laughs> and I do like Robin's line here. Manipulating an officer of the law with your sausage. That is very hot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so Barney takes on a weird affectation here. Like some sassy broad. Yeah, to challenge that he, you know, that they think he can't talk his way out of a ticket. He, to back himself up, he says he can talk a stripper into paying him for a lap dance. Okay. So he challenged, except, wait for it. He points to Ted. Yeah. Except Ted. I get it. Which is definitely like a Tyler level joke. Yeah. I'm surprised that hadn't been done yet. (laughs) <laughs> That's true. It took almost to the end of four seasons. Challenge. Well, I guess he didn't start the challenge accepted until a little bit more recently into the episodes. True. So we're back at the apartment, and Tony is back again. Tony's got another offer. So you want to be an architect? Fine. He's got a friend who wants a new house built. 
and the job is Ted's if he wants it. Um, and Ted is about to reject it, but then Tony shows him the big fat check that he'll get for this. Then we switch to Barney driving in the car. He is intentionally speeding, so he will get pulled over so he can talk himself out of the ticket. But he's got no game here. No, he's really bad at this. He literally just hands the officer a gift certificate for a suit and is surprised when it doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, The fine was $375, and the officer kept the gift certificate. Barney's revenge shall be to tell Emilio the tailor to short-sheet him on the crotch. Robin points out how bad he is at this, and Barney doubts that she's ever talked her way out of a ticket, but Marshall corrects him. She's a pretty girl. They don't get tickets. Robin says, that's outrageous and factual. (laughs) And then we get her flashback. So she's pulled over, and as the officer approaches her window, she's bawling, crying. Mm Mm-hmm. And he, he doesn't really even get very far into license and registration. He just says, oh, honey, don't cry. It's okay. No ticket for you. Just go a little slower next time, okay? <laughs> and then as he walks away, Robin just looks at herself in the mirror. Thank you. Right. Sort of thanking herself for being able to cry so well. Have you ever cried your way out of a ticket? I have not. I don't think I've ever not gotten a ticket. I guess I'm not pretty enough. Oh, honey. Alas. No, like... I think I've gotten three tickets in my life. You got you were getting a lot of tickets when you were coming down to visit me. I got two, like, within two weeks or a month of each other. It was a really short amount of time, and it was the same speed both times on the same highway. And I got a lot of points on my license. <laughs> and I haven't had a speeding ticket since. I... And so that would have been pre-2009, so I'm on a pretty good streak. Don't want to jinx it. I think I've gotten pulled over three times... For speeding, and two of those times they didn't give me a ticket. They gave me a what? warning. Come on. I was just really polite. I was too. And there's got to be some sort of white privilege in there somewhere. But I think one of the times the cop was interested in me. <laughs> okay, Barney. Well, we were on the. He was a big strapping guy, and when he wanted to write me up the warning, he asked me to come back to his police vehicle with him and I sat in the front seat with him as he was writing me up the warning just seemed like a strange thing to ask of me yeah I've never heard that and he was very chatty with me we can consult our police officer friends on that one maybe I should have tried to cry (laughs) although I got out of it anyway and then I got pulled over coming back from visiting you once and the guy said you know have you had any tickets recently I said no I don't think I've had one in the last 10 years and so he let me go. Hmm. Yeah, I remember I got one driving with a friend. I think we were going to put in Bay. I think we were still in Pennsylvania. And I could, it was like a new like a new trainee or something, because you could tell he was very by the book. And there was like another like older officer in the car. And you could tell he was like just doing everything the way he was supposed to. And so like, I was nice. And, you know, I didn't have a reason why I was speeding. Like We were just listening to music and speeding. Got a ticket there. And then... The two coming back from seeing you. I got one coming back from school once when I was in college, and I went to court. I didn't have any excuse. <laughs> but people said if you go to court, sometimes you can get the fine or the points knocked off. Okay. And so I explained to my officer that I was borrowing, I had borrowed my roommate's car, and I have cruise control, and his didn't, and so I, I was having trouble modulating. <laughs> and that is a terrible excuse. The judge 
knocked off the points. Wow. I said, well, I'll do this. I'll, you, I still want you to pay the fine, but I won't give you the points. Yeah, I wonder now, Yeah, around here, I'm not sure if that's, it's everywhere in the country or other places in the world. I know we have some international listeners. But around here, there's a lot of speed cameras. So I feel like there's not as many officers actually Pulling being used over, to, yeah. Yeah, like to do speed I think the only time they're going to do that is if they're trying to look for drunk drivers. Yeah, or if they see somebody like doing something like egregiously fast, but yeah, I don't usually see like cars pulled over to the side of the road or like people doing the radar or whatever. What is that thing called that they do? Radar gun? Is that what it is? Yeah, like the the officers like doing that. Yeah. I feel like I don't see that around here very often. And this has been Ticket Talk (laughs) with Steve and Jen. Yes. Down the rabbit holes today. Okay. After... Barney hears Robin's story. He's going back out there to try and get another ticket, or get pulled over again, rather. And they, this gives them a chance to ask Ted how the lunch went with the rich guy. And so we got to... It's starting off great. Ted's giving his theory on how he would like to build a house. I don't, I don't know if we ever get this guy's name. We don't in the episode, but it was in... IMDb? In the trivia and on IMDb, and it was... Oh, goodness, I read it. I think it was, like, something to do with Talented Mr. Ripley. Oh, okay. Let me look it up again, because it didn't mean anything to me, but for somebody that knows... It was... Yeah, it was um, Jude Law's character's name. Oh, Richard... Farmingham, or... At any rate, while she looks that up, he interrupts Ted... He's sure Jed will do a great job, but what he's really worried about is the basement, specifically the laundry room. And then we get a description of what he needs and... How he does his laundry. Yeah, and how he does his laundry, and either... Okay. Richard Greenleaf. Greenleaf, yeah. So Dickie Greenleaf's the character in The Talented Mr. Ripley. But Tom Ripley does steal his identity, so I guess it could kind of still point back to a murderer. Okay. But yeah, we don't get any reference to his name in the episode at all. It's just in the credits. That's interesting that they—that's what they gave him, right? But so, what he's describing is either for someone, yes, who's a murderer it's and going to torture Dex- people. It's Dexter-esque, or it's someone that's very into uh, BDSM. Could be an alternative. You're making a face. Why wouldn't I'm trying to think of like I mean I guess yeah stain proof <laughs> tile. I guess if you want the. Noise to be muffled, I guess it's... <laughs> but then why is the steak so rare? <laughs> I, some people just, like, cook it that way. I don't, I don't know if that... It's unrelated. A, yeah, I mean, what, what do we think? That's a human that he cooked and didn't cook it very much? Why, what no, does that even it, mean? It adds to an overall creepy vibe. It, it does. No, they do a great job of that. I'm just saying it, the guy's not necessarily a murderer. Although, right. although when he's testing the noise, he does seem to use a chainsaw. Yeah. But... You know, for the noise cancellation, it could be, you know, you might have guests at the house and still want to have kinky sex in the basement. Anything's possible, but Ted and crew think this is a murder house. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm getting very Dexter vibes. I I like how Robin says, Ted, it kind of sounds like what this guy is asking you to design. Ted goes, it's a murder house. It is. It's (laughs) only a murder house. Uh, We cut back to the murder house. And you know, Tony's feeling this meeting. He thinks it's going very well. He's completely <laughs> he's uh, you know, oblivious to anything strange going on right now. Yeah, He's trained to trust his instincts, and his instincts are saying this feels really good. And that's when Ted says, the steak is so rare. 
just the way he says it. And then it cuts back to it the fits bar. In really well. And Marshall, like, I don't know if you noticed Marshall, he's like so creeped out. He like stands up and like does this weird little like almost like dancing uncomfortable that. movement. Like he's it's one of those just kind of like Ugh. Then we get back to the flashback scene of the murder house and uh, Richard's going into soundproofing and he wants to go down and make, make some noise to see if they can hear him. We hear him screaming and... What sounds a lot like a chainsaw yeah. going. <laughs> and I like that. Does something feel off about this guy? Tony says, off the hook? Bro, you are nailing this. <laughs> then we hear the screams. Right. And, and then I like the scene. You, you didn't like it as much, I guess, but we get back to the bar and Robin says, you can't design the murder house. I'm not going to design the murder house. You can't design the murder house. <laughs> They're all, all three of them have their arms crossed over themselves and they're shaking. Yeah. We, there's no known up. repercussions with this guy. I mean, no, we don't hear anything about them calling the police on him. No. <laughs> we'll circle back to that because Tony brings that back up. But we cut now to Barney back driving, getting pulled over. And again, Barney screws it up, says his wife's about to have a baby. Her water just broke. Where's your wife? She took the other car. Which is just so bad. Like, she's already at the hospital. Like, there's so many better ways to do that. Yeah. All right. Back at McLaren's and now Tony and Ted are at McLaren's. I like Tony's. Sorry about the murder house thing. That was my bad. That's on me. (laughs) The line delivery is just so good. I like this. New plan. You, my friend, are going to build the Statue of Liberty a husband. (laughs) <laughs> now I've got some suction down at City Hall. I've never heard somebody say I've got some suction. No, that's a weird thing to say. <laughs> All right. Ted doesn't want his help. Tony explains why he wants to help him. Um, he was he missed Stella so much when he wasn't with her. He can imagine Ted's feeling the same way. But Ted says, explains that after what she did, he feels like he's better off without her. And Tony says, okay. Tony accepts this and leaves. And then we cut to the apartment Stella shows up there and tells Ted that Tony broke up with her. Right. Apparently he he didn't tell Stella why, but he did say it was something to do with what Ted had told him. And then we cut, <laughs> we cut to Robin on the couch, who we didn't realize was there before, <laughs> who was just delighted by this whole thing. Like, oh, you got Tony to dump Stella? <laughs> I'm going to have to insist that you bump this. Yeah. And <laughs> t- Ted takes Stella outside to talk, and Robin's... <laughs> Still got the arm out. I'll be waiting. And that's got a really <laughs> funny smile on her face. Okay, so here's a point at which I'd say I would have been so much happier if, if Ted was just said, okay, good, and then slammed the door on her and been done with it. Right. I'd have been much happier. They could have still had The Wedding Bride, the movie. Yeah, and it makes more sense for that to have happened because then Ted's, you know, the bad guy. Well, but then I guess they didn't get back together. I guess he could have still had The Wedding Bride. No. Hmm. You get me thinking about this. Okay, I, I see what you're, you're getting at. That yeah, because could, they need to. Could the wedding bride have ended the same way with Tony and her getting back together? It right. could have, and then that could have caused them to get back together finally after that, after he did the movie, and she saw it was sort of like dedicated to her. I think that would have been better. And then right, but the point of the wedding bride is that they, like, they were the two that were meant to be together. Which I, okay, I guess it didn't it's, actually it could still have work to happen. Out. Okay. No, but my point is he could have written that ending, right. which would have then brought them back together. Okay. I think that would have, we just finished yeah, the it, show. Yeah, it doesn't make a ton of sense that Ted helps with any of this. Unless, you know, I'm, well, no, because he even says, like, you know, you broke the romantic side of me, so, like, why this appeal works for him is unclear. No, he should have just said, you guys, good, stay broken up. 
Yeah. Or, you know, best of luck to you. It's not my problem. <laughs> like, figure it out for yourselves. If this happens to us, I'm totally being like, nope, sorry. Bye, Jen. <laughs> Rude. Hey, you left me. Well, I can't leave you at the altar. We're already married. Well, it doesn't have to be an altar. I don't know. <laughs> There's some sort of equivalent, I'm sure. Where you're with somebody else, I get them to break up with you by accident, and then you come back and ask me to talk to them? No. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, and I would expect the same from you. Yeah, I gotta say, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm on your side with this. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you got defensive just because you became the person in the story. <laughs> no, I see the logic behind it. I, I still think it's mean, but I see it. <laughs> okay, we're out in the hallway, and Stella ex- explains the whole backstory of her and Tony. And I, there's some good lines in this. She says that Ted came along and reminded her of what it meant to be in love, and she loved him for that. She loved him so much, in fact, that it was just shy of enough. I like that twist of phrase there. Right, but she still always loved Tony. And then the, na- the nosy neighbor comes out and says, <laughs> Take him back, honey. He's sorry. <laughs> like she's out of a different story or film. That is really good, actually. <laughs> we see her again in Oh, Honey, I think. Oh, really? Yeah, she, okay. she's the one that's kind of communicating with them about what's going on with oh, right, Ted right. and Zoe. Right. <laughs> and so Ted clarifies, like, no, that's not, just just go back. Like, it's it's fine. <laughs> and so, and he's about to, you know, it sounds like he's about to just be like, okay, well, you know, good seeing you, bye. And then she asks, you know, can you talk to him? Yeah, and then he gives her the lecture of that guy's gone. You killed that romantic guy. Right. <laughs> then... Miss Matson comes back out again. Go ahead, honey, kiss him. And they both just freak out. Go inside, Mrs. Matson. <laughs> <laughs> She's not getting it. But it's it's, it's you know it's really heartbreaking that you know Ted, this ultimate romantic, is basically telling her like that guy's gone. You can't pull these strings anymore. They're not attached to anything because of you. Yeah, the really good writing in this. Yeah, like that's you, you feel that. But then he does it anyway. So it <laughs> the speech is almost for nothing, even though it's beautifully written. Mm-hmm. All right, we get we go back to Barney on the highway. He's been pulled over. He's given himself a pep talk. You can do this. And then he sees who the cop is, and he says, oh, you can do this. And an attractive female cop comes up to his window. He mimics her, as they say, license and registration, and then he hits on her. And in this version, it works. She pulls open her shirt as she gets him out of the car. She's wearing a really nice black lace bra to wear. Yeah. Good for her. (laughs) Can't be comfortable. No. It does not look comfortable. All right. Robin's not buying this. Neither is Marshall. Marshall says that's a line from a porno. He's seen that porno. Hell, he's made that porno. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I'm guessing that that's a... Play. Yeah. Role play. Role play that him and... I mean, we've... Have we had this line before? No, we've had the similar line where Lily's like, that's the exact line from... And then, Never mind. Yeah, and then Barrett <laughs> said she knows which porno right. that's from. So... Yeah, we we get the sense that Marshall and Lily yeah, incorporate some porn into their lives. Barney swears he's not lying, swears on everything, and then the narrator informs us he was lying. They cut back to where they're dealing with the final time with Miss Madsen in the hallway, and Stella wants to know if there's anything she can do to make things better for Ted, and then Ted's phone rings. And what's the ringtone on Ted's phone? <laughs> Let's go to the mall. This is the first time Which I've is, noticed that. It's very subtle. Like, you could miss it. Like, and I almost missed it. Like, I kind of saw you react, and then I kind of heard it. Uh-huh. But it's, yeah. It's, the first time I watched it through, I, yeah, I didn't notice it. <laughs> it's a nice little Easter egg in there. And so Barney's calling him from jail. 
the beginning's the same. Mm-hmm. But this time, he, she informs him that he's under arrest. He's had 15 moving violations in the last three days. So he's been out. He's been harder to work here. He's, got, he's gone out to it. do this more than we've known about. <laughs> right. And as she's trying to get him out of the car, he goes, but no, my wife's having a baby. I have a sausage with your name on it. <laughs> and then she pulls a gun on him. <laughs> and he screams. Great scream, too. Right. So he's in jail in Jersey. He needs Ted to come bail him out. And he's trying to get Ted to hurry because he hasn't, Ted has no idea what kind of hardened criminals they have in there with him. And it turns out to be just a couple of preteen boys who got busted for spray painting. Right. So. This becomes what Stella can do for Ted. Yeah. Stella's going to drive him to New Jersey to pick up Barney. And I do enjoy that Barney's trying to play, not wingman, but like try to make Stella feel bad. Yeah. How's that girl you've been seeing? That super hot French chick with the big, enormous moves. <laughs> the hottest girl you've ever been with. Ever. <laughs> Bye, Stella. <laughs> I feel like this last part, they sort of did out of order. Because at this point, Ted's saying that he wants her to be happy and he'll talk to Ted. Tony. I'm sorry, yeah. He'll talk to Tony. And then the narrator goes into... That's what he did. They got back together. Stella set up a new... They moved to California. Stella set up a new dermatology practice. Tony found some success as a screenwriter. Uh, they, they mentioned the wedding bride here. And then they go back to Ted asking her, why Tony? Is it the money? Is it the kung fu pajamas? <laughs> and she says he's the one. And this is what almost makes it work for the show. The He's the one because this is the exact same speech... Ted gave to Natalie when he was trying to explain why she wasn't the one. Right, you're just not the one. Yeah, so Ted under Ted gets the this person's the one philosophy. Although I, you would think this speech would come before Ted would agree to talk to him. It doesn't. It comes after. Yeah, and, that's um, true. You know, Ted says that he's tired of waiting for the one to happen for him. Uh, and then Stella goes into this story about how she got pulled over by a cop. He said. Young lady, I've been waiting for you all day because she was speeding. And she said, I'm sorry, officer, I got here as fast as she could. And then she ties it into another refrain saying that the one for him, she's on her way and she's getting here as fast as she can. Mm-hmm. And it's a good tie in between cute. those two things. But I think they should have moved Ted Green to talk to Tony to after that. Yeah. It would have made more sense. I think so, too. And then, like, the summary of, like, what happened. Yeah. Then they moved to California. Like, yeah, you're right. It does seem really out of order. See, not swirly. We don't just give trivia. We give analysis. We we fix the show often. (laughs) Okay. We cut to McLaren's. We're on Barney now. This was kind of a strange last scene, but, you know, he's tying up some story about getting tracked down by a, a hookup. And Lily enters, and this is strange because she's, you know, she's still pregnant. Clearly, yeah. I read something that said like this was filmed before she left. Like they filmed some stuff out of order. Okay, that makes sense. And so then this wasn't yeah. filmed the same time as the rest of this episode, right? Because I was thinking at first, I wonder if she's had the baby, but yeah, you, know, you still have the wait after the baby for, yeah, the, for like it, the next month or so or two, right? And I was like, yeah, that's weird to have her come back for <clears throat> two seconds. But yeah, I think they just it was just the way they filmed it before going on hiatus for the summer or whatever. Basically, Lily says that she thought about it, and the joke is kind of funny. <laughs> and she wants to know what Barney's been up to, and 
He says he's going to an amnesia ward with a bunch of photos of my children and a wedding ring. I'm going to find I the mean, hottest patient, my wife, and work. This is really clever. <laughs> I it's mean, one of the worst <laughs> things Barney has ever said. So, I <laughs> if it's so Lily's, extreme that it makes it funny, though. Yes, but so if Lily's coming back after being like, "I need some time away from you." This is not the story to return with, or to greet her with upon her return. And he could have filtered this one, but it's still just the idea of it's very because funny. Because it doesn't even answer her question. She asks, what have you been up to, not what are you doing? <laughs> Maybe he's, I've been going to an amnesia ward. Oh, God. That's even worse. So it's more than once. Yeah. I mean, Who's just, letting him into this? Yeah, no, the, a lot of these stories don't make sense, obviously, <laughs> that... But I feel like Lily is a lot of us. Like, that's good enough. I'm going to ease back into this. And she just leaves. <laughs> but that, that's that got to be one of the worst Barney flim flams that I have ever heard. Yeah. I, we don't know that it ever worked, at least. <laughs> right. Okay. Where do you think I ranked this? Uh, let's see. 95. No, 33. What? Yes. 33. Yes. Wow, we are very off base on this one. Mm-hmm. This is a top 50 episode for you. It is indeed. Interesting. Yeah, I really did like the murder house and all the Tony stuff. I thought that was really well done. And the getting out of a ticket stuff with Marshall and Robin. And then some of the nice... Robin's was barely anything. Like, I'm surprised that you... Yeah, but she did it well. Calculation. She did it very well. Okay. Yeah, this one just didn't do it that much for me. My favorite joke was when Ted says that his small business is the backbone of the the economy, and Tony says, no, it's not. (laughs) I think mine is the manipulating an officer of the law with your sausage. With a (laughs) very close runner-up of the Easter egg of let's go to the mall being the ringtone. Okay. Because that's very unexpected. And we both have the least favorite joke of the what up quake. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm going to let you read Danielle's email, and then I will read our new contributor, Krista's. All right. Hello again, Danielle. Hey, guys. This might get too late. School's been totes annoying, but whatevs. I love this episode. It's funny and doesn't pull any punches when it comes to emotion. She's starting to talk a little like Brad. (laughs) Totes annoying, but whatevs. (laughs) I love it. I loved all of Tony and Ted's scenes, them both saying how they felt, both of them being so real, yet the scene was humorous, quite amazing. Agreed. It's impossible not to love Robin for being impressed Tony broke up with Stella. (laughs) Agreed. The ending rings so true for me. Waiting sucks. I guess in the meantime, I'll focus on my schoolwork and keep improving myself. That's a wonderful attitude, Danielle. That's the way to do it. The best joke would have to be Tony telling Ted small businesses are not the backbone of the economy. And a girl, Danielle. (laughs) I'm really liking Danielle this this right up. (laughs) A close second would have to be Barney realizing he was going to a barbecue. It wasn't laugh-out-loud funny, but it was adorable. Yeah, that was a good one, too. The only bad joke would have to be Ted not getting the except Ted joke. Love ya. Thanks, as always, Danielle. We Love appreciate ya. you. <clears throat> and from Krista. Hello. Welcome, Krista. Krista writes, Long-time listener, but I said I wouldn't write until I got caught up. So I think she might have sent something to us, letting us know she was listening before. Maybe she was talking to herself when she said that. Maybe. After two weeks binging, here I am. Two-week binge. That is impressive. Yes. That's a lot of Stephen Jen. That is a lot of Stephen Jen. We don't even like us that much. (laughs) 
I love listening and trying to guess where you ranked each episode. Oh, thank you, Krista. <laughs> you are one of our most valued listeners now. Yes, that's the way to Steve's heart. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting close to my number one, The Wedding Bride. Yes. We love that one, too. I won't say where it is, but it's ranked very high. So I'm excited to be caught up and recapping with you guys. Last episode, 4.22, we talked about how bumping into Stella was a stretch on him meeting the mother. But wasn't there an episode in a later season where Cindy runs into Ted on the subway and was looking for a band for Barney's wedding? That would be the link. Okay, so you're right. That does add a lot to it because if Tony didn't get him the job... He, he wouldn't, wouldn't have met Cindy, Cindy, and she wouldn't have recommended her friend, her friend's band for the wedding. Okay. And he wouldn't have gotten together. So, yes, you are right. All right Very Krista, good contribution, Krista. Uh, 4.23, that was an okay episode. My favorite joke was the whole Barney trying to get a ticket. I'm a sucker for insane, over-the-top Barney. I'm guessing you ranked this somewhere in the hundreds. Yeah, see, Krista, <laughs> you and I are, are on the same page. Thanks for keeping me entertained. That's okay, Chris. I can accept this. Well, thank you so much for writing in. Hope we hear from you again. Yes. And Jen will tell everybody else where they can contribute. You can also email us at runklerecaps at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at runklerecaps, on Instagram, underscore, howimetyourpodcast, underscore. All right, folks. Until next week, we have the last episode of Season 4, and then we jump into another really great season, Season 5. But for now, Jen and I have to go bump into my ex-wife to show her how much hotter my new wife is with much bigger cans. (laughs) Enchante. Am I French, too? Okay. Enchante. (laughs) Oh, my God.